Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us on Living Unleashed with, uh, I've got today Anna Carrier, who is the Community Business Program Lead at WVU and Cova Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. She's also a faculty member at WVU, as well as co-founder of the Cupcakery in Morgantown, West Virginia. And she's a mom of three and five years old. And we were just joking earlier, has zero spare time with all that going on. Anna, thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Great. I, you know, so you were, you were highly recommended to me uh, to come on and talk about the challenges of small businesses during uh, this, this COVID epidemic or pandemic and, and some of the, the, the CARES Act and some of the things that are going on out there and angles. And obviously, I'll say it right up front, everybody's business situation is going to be somewhat different, um, sometimes vastly different. And so we won't be able to really address a lot of specifics, but I think there's probably value enough in just going over some of the general things that you're seeing, because you have a broader scope in talking to many businesses um, and seeing what their impacts are, even your own business for that matter. Um, so I guess I would ask right off the bat is, so what is, what, what is, is the, the Encova Center for Innovation and, and Entrepreneurship? What is your role there? Can you just kind of give us a, a slice of that and how that plays maybe pre-COVID, but, but certainly in the middle of these COVID times? Sure. So I have been, um, I've had my business for nine years now um, here in downtown Morgantown. You can see in the background my ovens and my um, cooling rack because I will be baking cupcakes momentarily when we're done. Um, and then I started teaching for the Chambers College in 2018. And I teach in the entrepreneurship and the management departments. Um, and through that, I sort of organically came into business coaching actually for the launch lab which is um, under the Chambers College of Business and Economics as well. And then through that, um, got this amazing opportunity to be the community business program lead for the Incova Center. Um, it's a very good fit for me as I'm from Morgantown. Um, I've gone to WVU, all of my degrees are from WVU. Um, and I love my community, I love the state of West Virginia. So this position was literally created for me. Um, it's also, you know, part of the, my credibility in this position is that I do have my own business. So I'm not talking to these businesses about textbook business. Yeah. You know, I, I've been through it. I'm going through it right now. Um, so what I do at the Encova Center, we actually have three pillars within the Encova Center. Um, one is strate strategic business consulting, and that is through the MBA program. So um, experiential learning is done with the students and then businesses within West Virginia, small, medium, large whether they're needing help um, with growth or startup. Um, and then there is the educational outreach. So K through 12, um, entrepreneurship and innovation and education. Um, we have something called the West Virginia Collegiate Business Plan Competition and the West Virginia High School Business Plan Comp Competition that my colleague runs every year. And um, then there's my pillar, that's the community business program. So I'm here really to support small businesses. Um, the launch lab at WVU is very similar in that it helps students, faculty, staff of WVU uh, launch their businesses or support their businesses. And then I do the same thing, but I do that for our community, um, both locally and statewide. 
So we have the Small Business Assistance Program that links these small businesses to subject matter experts within the Chambers College. So we have some faculty and some staff members that have been so generous to donate their time to us. Um, they've given hours of service time to these small businesses, um, whether it's walking them th through the PPP and the IDLE loan, or whether it's helping them with marketing to let people know, hey, we're still in business. Um, you know, whether it's, um, whether they need help with di digitization or technical support, um, we really have the resources to help these small businesses. So it's been uh, really cool to see that from the Chambers College. We've also launched, um, and we just finished actually a webinar series. We did seven webinars in seven days called Coming Back from COVID. And um, we had all sorts of subject matter experts speaking on reopening private practice, reopening restaurants, um, how to pivot manufacturing, you know, everything you can imagine. So that, that was really cool too. And in the midst of that, I've been able to see kind of what these businesses are going through. Um, the biggest struggles obviously is financially. How do you pay your rent when you're not making money? Um, how do you pay employees when you have no work for them? How do you rehire them? Um, at what point can you rehire them? And you know, how can you use the PPP money to rehire them? That's kind of been some of the biggest struggles. Um, along with kind of entering into the digital world, which you'd think in 2020, all of us would be there, but I will say I'm guilty myself um, of not being as digital as, as we should have been. So it was a great way to, to snap us into reality and, and make us move into online ordering um, more efficiently. We were doing it before in a very kind of um, rugged way, but now it's much more efficient. Um, whether it's putting more on social media and um, boosting your posts, you know, it's really changed a lot in that way. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see is that we've adapted um, to a digital world that hopefully is going to actually increase our sales. Yeah, you think, I mean, I think you're right. Everybody around the world is feeling that, okay, time to time to sort this out from a digital perspective. Uh, we're seeing it across our business as well and in and, and our market. What are some of the things, I mean, it, it amazes me every every now and again, I'll hear some fact of, of an impact of COVID that I just didn't think about. I'm like, wow, okay, so now this wild thing, are you seeing something in business that wouldn't be so obvious? It's like, yep, this is pretty much going to change things, at least for a while and maybe forever. Yeah, I mean... Um, there's some restaurants I can think of or small, um, so small service industry businesses that, uh, may be the only one in their town. And, um, this is going to change how they do business too. And maybe even how they're found. I'm hopeful that, um, you know, West Virginia is a gold mine of outdoor tourism. And, um, I'm hopeful that we can use that to our advantage um, and help some small businesses get started or even do better um, by attracting tourists. It's kind of a chicken and an egg situation. You know, you attract the tourists and then you, you need to have small businesses that will be there to support the tourists, but you also, you know, have to start the, the businesses and then attract. So it's kind of which way do you go first? But um, I think we might have some change in that way too that maybe some smaller towns are gonna have um, more opportunities to open businesses because they're gonna be attracting people who wanna be outside now that they're on their computers all the time. 
Um, I think that's really going to change. I think manufacturing is going to change to a certain degree. Um, instead of getting all of our supplies and plastic pellets from China, hopefully we can get that from our great country instead. Um, because it's here, it's just, you know, we haven't put the systems in place to make it as easily accessible. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say that the, the idea of people being out here in this, this wonderful state, I mean, it's beautiful from a natural beauty standpoint and in, in re uh, recreation. I, I, so, so I, I work, um, yeah, I've, I've worked remotely for years. I've, I've run a company remotely for years and I've found exactly that benefit. And I tell people all the time, man, it's, it's magic to be able to work with customers around the world from these hills of West Virginia and then walk out and be in these hills of West Virginia. It's really something magical. Um, you mentioned earlier finances. I mean, that's an obvious one we can all look at and go, hoo hoo, what, what's going to happen? The, the Paycheck Protection Program was put together. That's the PPP we, we, we hear folks talking about all the time. Um, they had that, that first tranche that went out and it got gobbled up by big banks and a lot of small businesses were left hanging. They did a second funding of that, of that initial program. Um, and, and it seems like there's still openings, but it seems like most small businesses are now, now cranking through because they regulated it. What, what are you seeing, um, you know, from, from your experience, what are small businesses saying about the PPP? What's the, what, what, what are you hearing on the, on the street? Here in Morgantown, um, most businesses have applied for and gotten the PPP, I would say, um, as well as the idle. But um, I think that's not true for the whole state. Um, I think there's some small businesses that still don't know quite what to do and um, are having a hard time finding people that can help them through it. So um, I'm hopeful that if and probably when there's a third round, um, that we can try and help some of those more remote small businesses access the PPP. Um, what I'm hearing is, how do I spend this money? How do I track this money? What can I spend this money on? What's forgiven? What's not? Um, I applied. It was a nightmare for me to apply for the, the PPP. Um, I applied. Well, first I filled out the application that was floating around. You know, they said it's going to open up on Friday. You can fill out the application and be ready to go. And then Thursday night, a new application comes out. So I filled out that application and I was ready to go on Friday. Um, I bank with a larger bank here in, in Morgantown, or at least I did. Um, and I filled out that new application that came out on Friday. Nothing happened. No, no opening of a portal, nothing. So finally by Sunday, I got an email that says, okay, we're ready to go. We're ready to accept applications. Here's our own version of the application. So I filled out the application for the third time and didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything like two weeks passed. And I was hearing chatter of other businesses getting their money and I was thinking what in the world I haven't heard anything so um actually found a, a Morgantown bank that I had heard was very helpful and asked them you know can we fill out this application with you also and they said yes that's fine if you haven't been looked at or approved through the other bank you can fill it out here and then we'll just basically cancel out the other one. And that's really important because I think early you could only, you, and we were stuck, you, you're stuck at banks and then they, re, they, re, they relieved that uh, restriction of you can only apply at one bank and so you can apply at others. And, and maybe a lot of small business owners don't know that and they're still sitting in the queue at a, at a large bank potentially. I think you're right, yeah. And I have tried to recommend this bank actually to all of my um, small business colleagues because they've been so helpful in this area. Um, and I, so I filled out the application for the fourth time to that for that bank and actually got it within like we got approved in one day and our money in like 
three days. Oh, wow. So, um, that was, that part of it was a good experience. The first part of it was quite a struggle and concerning to a certain degree. So now you mentioned that the, uh, a third round and really, you know, so that's like, there's like one, one, a one B that kind of, that first, but, but so I, I'm wondering, and I have a question just in case you're hearing something from somewhere. I mean, um, I'm hearing a lot about, uh, additional unemployment and those kind of things that from, from Congress. And, and it, for everyone's edification, I mean, we're recording this on, on the 22nd of May, and this stuff changes by the day, by the hour. So who knows where it'll be? But I'm not hearing a lot of folks saying, they talk about extending the period for PPP, where, okay, you got your period. And for those folks that are questioning, I mean, you got eight weeks to spend that money, right? And you have to spend it within eight weeks. And then there's all these rules, and they haven't even figured out the rules yet for how you what can be actually forgivable versus what's not. But I haven't heard people saying, okay, we're going to do a, a third tranche and an additional funding. Um, have you heard, is, is there a conversation like that happening at, at leadership, at least maybe uh, if folks have you, you've run into, or, or do you expect that to happen? Honestly, I don't know the best answer for that. Um, I, I certainly think that if this, if this virus rears its ugly head again in the fall, I think that there will have to be another round. Um, I'm not sure if there will be a third round before that. Um, but I, you know, there are so many small businesses that haven't gotten this money. So, um, and, and they have to have it or they're going to fail. Um, so I definitely think it's something in consideration. I, I don't think that they're just ignoring that. Um, they, they being the government. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I don't know anything more than, than you do. Um, I just know that there are other assistance programs now opening up also. There's some grant programs. Um, banks are actually trying to help it with some small grants too. So um, maybe there won't be another PPP per se, but there will be other opportunities for funding. Yeah, I, I I wonder what it will look like. Let's say we get we get into the fall and and you know we can open that's great, but that doesn't mean we're whoop, right back up to 100% economy. We won't be, and the recovery may be long, maybe short. Who knows? And everybody, you got really smart people who are really trustworthy on complete opposite sides of what they think is going to happen. Um, but it it is. I, I wonder. You know, oftentimes you know loans are based on assets or or revenue. And if, if businesses have gotten so far a few months in with with very little revenue, how are banks going to justify and how are they going to it, it's really, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I, I'm, I'm hopeful we recover quickly, but you know, we all do, of course, but well, there's a lot there, but there, there's another program. Um, and you mentioned other programs, but one of the ones that was kind of talked about early on was this idle program, the economic uh, injury disaster loan, which is typically reserved for floods and fires and, and major events in, in uh, singular areas. Um, and this was opened up to everybody. It was initially advertised to up to a $2 million loan, $10 million grant like that. Um, that has not went that way. Now that's and that the other the PPP was through banks, kind of kind of oversaw by the by the SBA. This is a direct SBA program. W what are you seeing happening there in, in that whole mess? Because it really is confusing for small businesses. I think it is. Um, we applied to the idle, and um, you could get a thousand dollars per employee that you had um, yeah, right. when you yep. when you closed your your doors, basically. Um, so I think a lot of businesses have gotten that and there's way less restrictions on that, which is a good thing. Um, there's some bridge loans also that the SBA has worked on and made available. So, um, you know, there are other funding opportunities. I, you know, back to your earlier question. Um, I do think they're going to have to change restrictions on the PPP and I think that's going to happen. 
Um, it's just way too restrictive. And the timeline for how soon you have to spend it is ridiculous. It's got to be done by June 30th. And most restaurants are just opening this week um, at 50% capacity. So you're not going to have the payroll that you can spend that money on, you know, 75% of that money. Um, it has to be opened up so that you can spend it to keep your business operating. Um, I've also heard of some grants for um, tech assistance. I think that is really important. Um, it may sound like that's a, you know, when you have disposable income, that's what you do with your money. But I think at this point, we've all realized our businesses have to be digital um, to survive. So if a little bit of money is invested in tech right now, um, maybe down the road, so many businesses won't be affected because they've already got the, you know, the skeleton in place. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of leads to the thought is, and I know you're not a policymaker, you're not in Congress or even at the state level, but, but, you know, you're, you're seeing people struggling. You're a small business owner yourself. I mean, the tech, the tech assistance is one thing. Are there other policy things you, you, you suggest our leaders should be thinking about or as small businesses, when we talk to our representatives, we can kind of be pushing, do you have some, some bead on what would, would be helpful at this time? Um, I mean, it's been nice that they have, you know, pushed the, um, ta the taxes, you know, um, due dates and everything. Um, you know, I, I guess they, some leniency in that area could be nice. Um, I'm definitely not a policy pro, but, um, some, some forgivenesses for some, <laughs> some decisions that we've had to make, um, whether it's write-offs or just extended time periods. Um, I know that I had to do my B&O tax regular on schedule. And um, that was one thing I was actually really surprised about. I, you know, it was probably like two days before it was due. And I, I called thinking, well, they're probably not even in their office. And sure enough, they were, they answered and they said, oh yeah, it's, it's due at its normal time. So I had to, come to my closed store and do my B&O tax and cut a check out of money that was just bleeding out of my business um, for my B&O taxes. So um, that's not as much on a state or uh, federal level, but on a local level, that was, that was tough. That was, that was a tough pill to swallow. Those, those top line revenue taxes hurt anyway. And to do that when you're not getting any much top line in the door is really a, a kick in the gut. I, I hear you there. Um, so let's, let's kind of transition. So looking at small businesses and some of the ones you see, I know you guys provide a ton of services. I mean, I guess, again, not knowing individual situations. I mean, you can't, we can't prescribe things over the, over the internet. This is how you fix your business. Uh, there's no easy answers anyway, but do you have any advice or recommended path for either information or guidance or what can, if a small business owner is hearing this right now and they're like, I have some of these questions and I have more and, and really right now, the only thing that comes in spades is uncertainty. There seems to be not a lot of clarity for things. So yeah, maybe they call their, the SBA, they sit on the phone, they call 50 times, they call their local reps. What, what advice do you have for folks, for small business owners that are trying to figure this out? Um, here in the state of West Virginia, I would say Google Incova WVU. And then there's a, there's a spot where you scroll down and it says West Virginia businesses. If you click there, it's directly to my website. I think the intake form might be the first thing on my website. Um, I, we've helped over 60 businesses so far and I want to keep this going. I'm actually applying for a grant to, um, support some 
support the subject matter experts in continuing this hopefully permanently. Um, because, you know, there, there are small business assistance programs all over the state, um, maybe more at a state and federal level. Um, but this is something where you know the person who's getting your intake form on the other end is getting it that day. They're going to do something about it that day. They're not going to leave you hanging. So with that, let's talk about what individual businesses can do. I mean, they may be hearing this stuff and they have questions like, yes, that's exactly my challenge or maybe other things. And again, knowing that everybody's idiosyncratic business has just that. I mean, all kinds of differences and things. But what is it that you could recommend for folks to do if they're hearing this and they've got further questions? Stuff? Because as we talk, one of the things that, that you know, that, that's in spades is uncertainty. What's not certain or what's not full of is answers, as they call different folks. So where can small businesses go to get help at this time? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would say um, we have that small business assistance program that we worked really hard on um, developing. So the intake form that is super easy to complete, and then there's 40 to 50 subject matter experts on hand willing to give their time. Um, so if you just Google Encova WVU, um, you'll get to our website. Just scroll down, and it says West Virginia Businesses, and click there, and that goes straight to my website. And I think the intake form is actually one of the first things you can click on when you get to my website. Um, we also have all of our webinars, past webinars on there. Um, and future webinars of a calendar for those coming up as well. So, but I would really say we've helped over 60 businesses with this small business assistance program. We're here. We're not just going to let the phone ring. We're not going to ignore your email. Um, I get it. And within a couple days, I have you connected with a subject matter expert that's willing to talk you through it. And if there's another area that maybe that subject matter expert isn't great at, and you need help in a different area, we can connect you to another one. So um, you can use all of our resources and that's what I'm here for. That's great. And that's in Cova with an E. We'll have it in the, in the notes, but E-N-C-O-V-A-W-V-U. And that'll pretty much, you guys will, you'll pop up there and go in from there, right? Yep. Okay, awesome. Hey, so I guess when, when we look at this thing and I, I know I'm going to ask you a question. It's impossible to answer. Uh, you don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did. But if you did, I mean, what do you, how do you see this playing out for, for many small businesses? Um, well, you know, I think a lot, there's going to have to be a lot of focus on um, making sure a customer feels welcome. Um, but you know, the other thing I've sort of noticed in my own business is that customers have been really excited to support us and have been really friendly and um, happy to get out of the house. You know, they're, they're ready to support local businesses. So I honestly feel like maybe um, the relationship between businesses and customers is going to get even better. Um, we want their business and we want to make them happy. They want to get out of their house and they want to support their local businesses. So um, that's a very broad, you know, high, level um, assumption I'm making, but um, something I've noticed in, in my business as well as a couple of other local businesses, um, I think customer service is going to be a big, a big change, hopefully for the best. Um, and then the way we practice is going to be different. I know it's going to take a while for us to trust being close to one another again. Um, and that's okay. I think as long as you have all the right um, steps in place for customers to feel safe, and for us to feel safe as well, as well as our employees. Um, we're gonna have to think of some different and new um, innovative ways to make money. So um, 
for instance, for me, maybe I need to come up with a package that I can sell that's, you know, the batter, the cupcake liners, and the icing. Or, you know, if this happens again, um, parents who are home with their children have something to do with their kids one day, and they could take it with them. That's a different way for me to make money than how I have made money, but it's an idea. Um, so we've got to be innovative. We've got to think outside the box on what we can do with the skills we have and ways to use the employees that we have and keep them around. Um, so those are a couple of my ideas. Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. And that level of thinking, I got to tell you, when this, uh, there was, it was a Saturday, I don't remember which Saturday it was, early on in this thing, when it was really clear, okay, the economy is going to shut down, this, this virus was out going to kill some folks, and who knows how many, and all of that. I was really angry. And one of the things, I, I, I let myself get mad. I set my timer. I get really mad. I feel sorry for myself. I do whatever I need to do. All those things. As an entrepreneur, you, it just comes. It's it, as a person, it happens. I wrote this long, scathing letter of why I hate it and what I'm have hopeful for and gratitude. Everything in between. But at the end of that, I found we can't, as business owners, be victims. You know, we can't approach this as as you know, we're victims and the government's on us and this pandemic's on us and our customers don't like. We've got to be innovative. I, I love your attitude towards that. I think that's that goes a long way, regardless of the the specific solutions that any business comes up with, the attitude change really matters. And I think that comes through in our products, our offerings, our services, and to our customers. Um, I think it's really important. So I would add, and to that point, I guess, you know, this is, this is a tough situation. Uh, globally, it's a tough situation. And in our generation, it's, it's maybe the toughest situation generally around the world. So, but, but I always try to find what's the bright points. What's the, what's the grace, what's the gratitude, where's the lemonade out of lemons here. Um, what are what are you seeing or what, what what are you taking and saying look i i know i know it's a horrible pandemic people are dying and it's bad and, and people are losing jobs and depression and all kinds of things going on but what are what are some bright things we can take out of this um i think first and foremost you know i am guilty of this myself but i feel like we were all in this whirlwind just spinning 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 going 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 as fast as we possibly can filling our schedules not stopping to think for a moment um finding even an hour to to sit and think about your business is like just sitting and thinking, that's not something that I have time for. Um, but this has all made us just push the pause button. You've got to stop, you've got to slow down and retool your business. This is the opportunity to do that. Um, whether it's a startup, which maybe they had a plan in mind and now their plan's completely shifted, or a business like mine that's been around for almost 10 years, um, you know, businesses do get stagnant. And um, this has been a great opportunity to really rethink how we're doing things um, and think ahead because sometimes you get caught up in what you're doing, more of the same, more of the same, and it's working, but now we have to think ahead. If this happens again, what will we do? Um, if something, you know, I, I actually, in one of my entrepreneurship classes was teaching about black swan events. And it was kind of a joke. I mean, it wasn't a joke, but it was kind of a joke that when we were talking about it, like, oh, these things won't happen. Um, it's happened. I mean, we had a black swan event and no one could have predicted this to happen. Um, if I would have been talking about this in my, my entrepreneurship course, people would have thought it was crazy. You know, they would have never thought, I actually never thought that we would shut our doors. Um, my business partner is very in tune with politics and the news and she kept saying like, it's coming, it's coming. And I'm like, I don't, how can, how can you close the economy? How can you close businesses? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, but we all had to wrap our heads around it. So yeah. um, I think 
thinking forward is going to be a, a new thing that we all do. And um, for those who don't like to plan ahead, it's probably been a struggle, but maybe it's been a way to learn how to do it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I think one of the things I'm, I'm trying to take away from too is, is let's be a little more thoughtful about opinions that are out there because there were some people who did predict exactly this. Now they didn't, now well, the black swan event comes with what happened with the oil crisis and Russia and Saudi Arabia doing their thing and, and everything else. And then how all this played out. I mean, the culmination of that is unbelievable, but we, we all could have been doing some things to be a little more prepared and ready with PPE, with testing kits, with in our own businesses, our, our digital strategy to your point. And so I, I'm trying to take this, okay, is it, is it, the, is it the environment? Is it, is it something else? What else is there that I should be preparing for as a business owner? And I think that's important. Let me ask you one last question and we'll let you go. I know you got cupcakes to make. Um, you know, there are folks that may be listening right now and watching right now who aren't business owners, but they're interested in all that. And they want to support their business, their, their local businesses and, and small businesses out there. Obviously, buying from them is, is probably the most important thing, but are there other things they can do, other, other ways they can help support their, their, their small business owners? Yeah, I mean, just spreading the word that we're open, first and foremost, um, that's kind of hard right now. You know, we're open to a certain degree. Our hour, a lot of businesses' hours are different now. Um, some people are, you know, today we were able to open restaurants to 50% capacity. So um, spreading the word that businesses are open um, also, I think that all of us have, we know we have to step up our game. Not that we didn't always want to make the best product or service that we ever had, but, um, being able to reopen and having to offer to less amount of people at a time, you have to have an even better product or service. So, um, just spreading the word, I think is like first and foremost, um, some, I have a couple of clients that are businesses that had started in January and then had to close their doors like two months later. So um, they were just gaining traction and just getting the word out that they were even opening at all. Um, so helping people know that that business is actually going to open now and here's what they're really good at. Um, and, and emphasizing maybe the, the more unique factors of each business, you know, we kind of all were competing against each other and now we don't, we really don't have to because we're, we all need to fight for each other. Um, so one restaurant might be really good at this and one restaurant might be really good at this. Let's just emphasize what we're all really good at and all win. Yeah, that's a great, great way to put it. Anna Carrier, Community Business Program Lead at the Incova Center for uh, Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Uh, faculty member, co-founder of the Cupcakery in Morgantown and mother extraordinaire. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate all that you're doing for the small business community here and at large. Um, thank you and good luck. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to be coming up to get some cupcakes soon. Thank you. That sounds great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on here. Absolutely.